town where I grew up, and I won't cuss your city lights. Whoa. Oh, hey there. You listening to me sing? No, cool. Hang on. Let me turn this down. Let me turn it down. There. Sorry about that. I am just chilling in my trailer here, waiting to go on set. This is Jesse Hutch calling, guys. Now, who is Jesse Hutch, you say? Well, I played Peter on ABC's Once Upon a Time, and you are listening to the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. Really? Radio station shuts down after dark now? Like a cool breeze coming down from a frozen hill, you are listening to an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here he is, Darius. From the Chillin' Podcast Studios in the frozen hills near Storybrook, I am Teddy the Yeti. I love spaghetti, but not confetti. And you are listening to the cool sounds of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. So... Ladies, gentlemen, ice queens, evil queens, reindeers, troll rock thingies, and warm-hearted snowmen, Once Upon a Time Podcast.com and Rony Zone Media present the hosts of the coolest Once Upon a Time podcast ever. Put your hands and paws together for Jeff and Colleen Roney. Welcome, everyone. Hello. After a long hiatus, it's mm-hmm. good to be back in the old podcast studio. Yeah. I want to thank... F-R-Z. I want to thank Teddy for that great introduction. Yeah. It was very and nice Rumpelstiltskin, too. And Rumpelstiltskin. And, and Jesse Hutch. That was awesome, dude. Thanks, Jesse, so much. And what I would like for you guys to do is thank Jesse for calling that podcast ID in. Mm-hmm. He is at, at Jesse, J-E-S-S-E underscore hutch and go ahead and thank him for doing the podcast id for us at o-u-a-t podcast on twitter and we are going to play more of his little update about his project whatever he's working on we're going to be playing that in the main show so don't miss the main show we still miss and love peter we do ruby's boyfriend red red's boyfriend Red's boyfriend, that's right. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about A Tale of Two Sisters. This is First Thoughts. This is episode 241. You can find the show notes at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 241. A Tale of Two Sisters. Yes. So let's go ahead and dive in. Sounds like a plan. So at the beginning, we see a long time ago. No date, no specific year, just... Just a long time ago. A long time ago. That's all. And we see a boat in a storm. Mm-hmm. I hear a crew, but we right. didn't really see a crew no. much. No. And the boat, I know it was a different boat, but it reminded me of Hook's boat. Yeah. Because we really haven't seen inside of many other boats. Mm, true. So true. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. We see the famous note in a bottle. Right. I don't think we're going to see that note again. For a while. For a while. Yeah. I think someone important has that note. Hmm. I don't know that it's Mr. Gold. Hmm. We'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. But I think Maybe some, it's Killian. Could be Killian. Could be Ariel. There's, there's yeah. a lot of That's true. possibilities. But I think the person who has 
the note will use it for a bad purpose. Uh, very possible. So, unfortunately. That's what I think. And I wonder if the note clarifies what's in the diary. Because Elsa really kind of took what she read and she just kind of ran with it in right. her own mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I wonder how the note's going to clarify yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And perhaps the note clarifies who real mom is. Well, you're assuming Maybe. that she's not their real daughter. No. I, I think she was born from another woman. Maybe. And maybe that woman is in Narnia. Possibly. You've said that. I know. All right. So the queen says Anna and Elsa must know the truth. So I was wondering if maybe they were lied to or things were left well, out. I, I would say that something was kept from them. I don't necessarily know that they were bald-faced lied to. No, but I just... But I would say that something was kept from them that was probably important to them. I bring it up again, but I don't think you want me to. The thing I said before. Well, I think that's right. what was kept. And maybe that is them. maybe that is exactly it. Maybe Elsa was adopted by the king and queen. And yes. she and Anna really are not sisters because they're not blood-related. Mm-hmm. All right. Or maybe, maybe Anna has powers too and she doesn't know it. Very interesting. That's one of the things that Kristoff says later. She says, Kristoff says, he says, Anna succeeds. Right. Which is very similar to what they always said about Peter Pan. Right. Always succeeds. Never fails. Never fails. Succeeds is the opposite of never fails. Or is the same as never fails. Yes. Not the opposite. It's, it's the been a long time, hasn't it? Dude, a no, full it's, been a hiatus. Long, it's been a long day. Yes. That's what it has been. Yes. But we're, we're, we're settling in. We are now talking about A Tale of Two Sisters. So this was a little different because in the movie Frozen, it said three years later. Well, but okay. in Once Upon a Time, it said five years later. Well, here's the the thing that I'm thinking. It is five years later, but the movie itself was three years later with Coronation. Yes. Elsa's already queen at this point in time. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing on their on the fifth anniversary is when they did this. Because Anna wasn't getting married at the end of the movie. So right, right. after three years, after, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, dating Kristoff for a couple of years, they probably are getting married. So okay. I would wager that that... It's an accurate picture of what's going on here. Yes. And did you notice the Zelda music? You're not much of a video game player, but you know, I noticed when they had the, the large Stonehenge ruin, ruin looking stones. Runic stones. Mm-hmm. For the burial. For the, the, the headstones. They were yes. headstones with runic writing on them. Yes. Yes. I noticed some Zelda-ish music. Okay. I did not so. notice that, but again, I would not know Zelda music from other lovely music. I'm sure I would find it lovely, but I did not recognize it. There was a lot of rune letters. Runic letters, yes. Runic letters mm-hmm. in this episode. Well, yeah, so. because that's what they wrote in, in in the movie. A lot of stuff from the movie. I'm just going to say up front, a lot of stuff from the movie made its way into the show. Yeah, let me give a, a short review and then we'll continue to go i liked it yeah <laughs> no, i liked there, it too there are a lot of people. i have a lot of questions but there well, but there are things about it i really like i i mean yeah i'm sure there's people that are probably going to say too much frozen too much frozen but you know what i like the fact that they incorporated it and they didn't make it goofy right they incorporated it very well it I, it blends in very nicely i think that's just me 
I think it worked. I, I, I think it worked, and I'm really interested to see how Adam and, Ed, Adam and Eddie yeah, that's right. <laughs> handle these new characters from Frozen yeah. within the Once yeah. Upon a Time world. So Anna's wedding, Anna's wedding. So, I mean, that's good. Yeah. That, She's that getting married to Kristoff. Elsa kind of caved and well, said, that's but, fine. Well, wait, wait. Remember, in the movie, she flat out said, you can't marry a man you just met. Right. She's got a point. Yes. I mean, I'm going to just stay here for two seconds and let you know that my parents did that. Okay. I mean, they got married six weeks after they met, and they didn't see each other, but the day they met and the day they got married, because they were living in different states. So, they've been married almost, well, 47 years, Mm -hmm. so... But it's not a it wise happens, thing. But yeah. It's not a wise thing. Right. I would not recommend that. So I was wondering, when we're talking about five years, three years, all these different things, when was Elsa bottled up? I think that's going to be the huge thing is because we did see different points of time within the Frozen storyline within mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time. Right. So between the ship wreck... The supposed death. No, I'm pretty sure they're dead. Okay, because pretty darn sure. I, I'm just saying. I, I'm kind of going with the old lost mentality of until I see a body, and that sounds morbid. I just no one well, really dies. It's just they. Anyway, I, so. I hear what you're saying, but I yeah. still believe that are, that the parents are dead. So, but that's going to be part of this thing. This episode reminded me a lot of. Part of the storyline of season three in that we have this kind of missing time. And so these flashbacks are going to piece together what happened within that time. So anyhow. All right. So the Storybrook Beautification Committee. Yeah. I think there's going to be some type of a Disney-ish or some type of a storybook, storybook connection. With that. Yes. Somehow. Yeah. So it could be mice, it could be yeah, fairies, it could be, I don't sure. know. Sure, sure. Birds, animals. Mm-hmm. All right. The scene with Emma and Regina mm-hmm. was a great pivotal scene discussing how could saving a life be a bad thing. Right. And... What we learn within Once Upon a Time is decisions have ripple effects. One decision is doesn't just affect one person. Right. Especially when you're within a group of people. You decide one thing and it affects everybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like when someone achieves something, other people have to lose. Sure. And so it, it does have this ripple effect. Right. And, but it was just interesting, the discussion about Regina saying, the more you try and help, the worse my life becomes. Just leave me alone. Right. And, but they were discussing, you know, listen, I saved a person's life. That's not a bad thing. Right. Well, she was going to die. Well, and Emma's response I found very fascinating because she said, I didn't mean to cause you any pain. Right. That's very fairy tale language. That's not current modern day language. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. What she would have said in modern day language is, 
I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. Right. But in this case, I didn't mean to cause you any pain mm-hmm. is very old-fashioned fairy tale language. So Emma is really embracing her heritage, so to speak. She's she's listening to the speech patterns and the idioms of her parents and even Regina to some extent and probably to Hook and everybody around her and she's starting to really embrace that. True. Hook does still kind of flow into the oh, he's elegant language. Definitely of, got that pirate thing going. Of fairy tales and other stories and that kind of a thing. I it's sad because we're always taught from well most most of us are taught be good mm-hmm. be good your parents tell you be good everybody tells you to be good don't get into trouble right and when regina does good she says she felt the brunt of heroism hmm. and it didn't she said i've i've tried to be good and look at where it's getting me right. it doesn't work it's not right. working for me Right. And so as the scene plays out, then we have Marion coming out and Robin is in a really tough spot. We can make jokes He's all in day a bit long. Of a pickle. But I'm telling you, he cares about both women. And oh, again, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna make a joke out of this thing. No. Is that there I'm is I'm, no I'm taking here. it as it is given to us in this television right. show he loves regina absolutely he does he is in love and married to marion well he and, didn't actually indicate that he was really in love with her though. okay but <clears throat> i'm just saying we'll, we'll get to that when we talk right. about that scene so kind of put that on the back burner but i would agree with you that he cares for her right but he is very much in love with regina so and, <clears throat> he is in a bit of a pickle. What what I what I want to say is this: there's been a lot of different things on Twitter and all that, and it's easy for someone not in a certain situation to make a decision. Sure. Say, well, I would do this, or I would do that, or I would go with this person, or I would go with that person. What I really like about how the scene unfolded, and it even began to unfold in the previous finale. Uh-huh. Is it's a tough situation. Well, yeah. And what do you do? He instead of hiding, Robin could have hid. Oh yeah. Robin could have taken Marion out the back door, left. Sure. But sure. he cared enough, I would dare say, he loved Regina Absolutely. enough to say, Listen, I know this is not gonna be perfect, but Marion, you need to know the woman that I know. Mm-hmm. And then it began to really unspool because Marion only knew Regina as the evil queen right. who who have, has done all these evil things. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me a lot of someone who, you know, is an alcoholic and trying to stop. Mm-hmm. And maybe has done all these different things. And someone years later sees them and says, I know who you are. You are whoever, the alcoholic or or whatever. And that's all they know them as. But this person, they don't know, has been trying to change and really making steps to change. 
I would say so. that most people deal in absolutes. Right. And once you've been labeled something, you are forever labeled that thing. Yeah. And it's very difficult for some people to get outside of that. This is what you are. This is who you are. Mm-hmm. And it is very difficult to be that person that's been labeled and to prove everybody wrong. So it's a really sticky, wicked, very tough situation for everybody, Regina included, because you could see Regina, you know, getting that frustration and starting to resort to old habits. Right. And she controlled it did, so very well. Did you see her her hand click? Absolutely. Me, That's clinch. what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. She was getting ready to get that fireball exactly. going. Exactly. That's my point. And what I... That's my point. Right. So, yeah. So, again, you know, resorting to old habits, Mm -hmm. and she controlled it so Mm -hmm. well. And then, you know, Charming and and Snow come out, and Charming did not help anything by insulting her. I I really enjoy Charming, but I sure didn't like his comment. Mm -hmm. And because he was falling into that trap of... The David Nolan trap from season one. Saying yeah. the most inappropriate, awkward, weird things. And I was like, come on, guys. That's not the charming we know. I mean, he's spent all this time with Regina. He's seen what she has done and how she has changed. And yet he's like keeping her locked in that evil queen box. And on the flip side, Snow, who has more reason than anyone to keep her locked in that evil queen box is concerned for her regina are you okay i mean i love that their relationship has taken a turn where regina you know is a concern for snow it's not there's no animosity no hatred between the two of them they understand each other they get it and they've made their peace and they've moved on and i i I hope that charming can get past that because he's going to need to it's going to create some serious problems between him and Snow and him and Regina and him and Henry and him and Emma and everybody. I also didn't... I I was waiting for Emma to stand up for Regina. I was too. And, you know, Robin started to. He well, was trying he to. He did, yeah. Say, did. no, no, you don't understand, Marion. I know this woman. And then that's when... Which... It came out as like you're you're together, right? With her, you had her around my son, right? So. And Robin was the last person who should have been trying to defend Regina to his wife. Yeah. Emma should have stood up and said, "No, you don't understand. I know what you think, but no." And that's normally Emma's position. She's always willing to you know defend the the rights of people who are you know in need, even the. Regina was in need at that point, and she didn't do it. And I was a little disappointed in Emma. Well, she had a little sharp retort when they were having their their discussion before everybody came out. Is She said, well, I saved her from you. So, I mean, there was still that was kind that. of... But that kind of... The difference it, is, though... Emma, Emma felt backed in a corner by Regina. See, I didn't get that. So I completely got... I completely got that Emma wanted to say, look... I'm sorry that what I, I did what I did, but you have to understand, here's why I did it. Mm-hmm. And she had, she, you know, how is she supposed to tell, how is Regina supposed to understand that Emma saw her at probably her worst? Mm-hmm. And so she was dealing with it, you know, what she thought was the best op- opportunity or option. So anyway. We will, we will move on, but yeah. that is definitely something I think. 
that a lot of people will be talking about for sure. Sure. It was nice to see Grumpy and mm-hmm. Sleepy. I loved seeing Sleepy. Sleepy behind the wheel. Which I'm thinking to myself, who made him the designated driver? His name is well, Sleepy. I know that, but Grumpy was, you know, he had a beer, he said. Okay. So we will. Well, at least he's being safe. He is being safe. But yeah, having a Sleepy. Sleepy driver. Wheel, that was probably not the best option. It was a funny little. And by the way, he called him Grumpy. Called him Walter. Right at the beginning, and then when they started to almost hit Elsa, he yelled. Or when he fall, fell asleep, that's when he called him Sleepy. Yes. So I love the dual dual name use. And they're they're often together. A lot of times they were together in the office in season one. Mm-hmm. In Storybrooke, in yeah. the hospital there, yeah. and they were also together on the castle wall, mm-hmm. being on the lookout for the curse. Right. So they're 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 often teamed up together. They're, to they're buddies. Little yeah. things. Yeah. So anyhow, but I also noticed a Star Wars connection with Grumpy. He said, "No beer is worth this," and I was thinking of Han Solo's. No <laughs> money is worth this. Oh, so okay. All right. Go ahead. So Elsa was faced with this truck careening with a... The van coming at her. Which she didn't even know what it was. She had no idea what it was. And the driver was asleep. But she didn't know what it was. Right. She just saw some monstrous thing coming at her very quickly, and she had no idea what to do. So just like in the movie... Yes. She froze it, Mm -hmm. and it, it was the exact same stance that Elsa used in the movie. And, but in effect, she saved Grumpy and Sleepy's life. Yeah, yeah. She froze the vehicle. She froze the vehicle, stopping them from hitting a tree or going into a ditch or hitting her and possibly losing control even more and sliding on her ice trail. Yes. Because that would have caused, potentially caused an accident too. We see another motorcycle coming into Storybrooke. Last one was driven by August. Yes. And again, Elsa getting scared. Her hands are freezing, yes. just like in the movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is a brand new world for her. She has no idea what's going on in this world. So, And we see the gift for Anna's right. wedding. The flashback. The flashback. giving of the gift. Yes. And... Which was promised when they were talking at their parents' graves. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking that it, it didn't look like the mansion that we'd seen. Well, the the it, castle, that castle in Arendelle doesn't look like a typical fairy princess castle. It's very right. Norwegian, very, um, I don't want to say simple, because it was it was actually elegant. But it had, again, the rose mailing, which I loved seeing that all mm-hmm. over the place. And it's very, very Scandinavian in nature. So um, not a lot of stone. You're going to see a lot of wood more than anything else. And um, so I thought it was appropriate. The other thing I noticed, too, is this whole attic scene is very, very similar to a scene that was actually cut from the movie. If Mm. you see on the DVD, the extras for Frozen, they had a scene that they storyboarded where um, Anna and Elsa are trying on... Well. Anna is trying on ball gowns to wear to the coronation ball. 
so they cut that scene from the movie and the extras in the DVD actually show that and it's kind of cool but this very similar I I noticed a softer Elsa mm-hmm. in this iteration but she seemed sadder to me she seemed not as as free or as happy as the she was the at the end of the movie. Well, and she's far more fearful. because, right. And that was something that I noticed as the show progressed. She's definitely not as in control of her emotions. She's definitely not as free with everything. She's still very reserved. And, right. and so something has clearly made her feel that way. So why is she scared again? Because she wasn't scared at the end of the movie. She was very open and free and felt love. What's What happened between, you know... You're the three years after her parents' death and these two years that were, you know, there's two missing years. We don't know what happened. So who knows what, what's going on? I really like, though, that this is not a continuation exactly of the no. movie. They've pulled this elements is, from it. It's almost just similar. It's similar. But there's certain things that we didn't get to see that we're seeing with Once Upon a Time. Well, so. I think what they've done is they've taken the characters and they've taken their mannerisms and their things that make them who they are um, and they've pulled them into this in this show. Um, there was a point where Anna drapes the curtain mm-hmm. around herself just yep. like she did in the movie while yes. she's got the elegant ball gown on, which in this case it's a wedding gown. And then, you know, Snow falls around Elsa when she gets upset. She starts her own little personal flurry, which I think is kind of funny. Um, so... I. It's also a classic moment of you're going to get married. Here's mom's wedding dress. So it's almost a that's a fairy tale moment as well. It, so. it very much is. It's actually a tradition um, that goes back quite a ways. I know right. a lot of women will pass on their wedding gown to their daughters, and in some cases, it's their their mother's wedding gown that they pass on to their daughters. It depends on what you're looking for. A lot of women, it used to be that way. Now I think more women are, you know, getting their own wedding gowns. I wonder who owned that snowflake pendant. Well, I think Elsa created it for her. I wonder what it does. Does it do anything? Because we've seen other little pendants before. We've seen with Zelina. Sure. That green, or it was clear clear. at first. It was diamond and then it turned emerald. Right. So we've seen different yeah. types of things like that. So maybe maybe that is something that maybe it does have some sort of power. What I would like to know is why didn't Elsa find the diary before? That's the, my, That was going to be my next question. It, because she found the dress up in the attic and mm-hmm. the diary's in the roll top desk, which is kind of out in plain sight. So I would think she would have looked through it to see what was in there and found the diary. Was, did, now, now. Here's a question. Is Elsa setting her up to go there for some reason? I don't think so. Because, I mean, we're, we're seeing someone who found the draft. I mean, that's one of the questions that Anna asked her. You, how did you find this? You found the dress? So she'd been looking for it. She looked all over whatever and found this dress. I mean, you, you make a valid point. It wasn't hidden under something. Right. It was just in a desk that you open up and there's the book. 
So exactly, I, I I'm going to slide that out on the table. It's probably nothing, but I, I don't just, think she was setting her up for it because why else would she would she do that? That didn't make any sense to me. To but get I her do, there because someone I don't know. Yeah, so. I I don't I I think that Elsa is scared that's of, of my, something else. That's or one of my crazy theories. I know, I know. All right, let's talk about Rumbell. Rumbell. A very touching scene when Rumpel is talking to Neil. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things that has been brought out, obviously, is the one thing that was missing in the wedding was Neil. Neil wasn't there. Right. And so, in a way, it's that same day. It's a rare thing when a television show starts up exactly after mm-hmm. a moment in a finale or a previous episode. Usually they kind of cut around and do, you know, different whatever. But this was basically different. It was and so he was talking to his son and basically mm-hmm. his dead son and and what his son had done for him was calling him into account and he was saying I'm going to be a better man. And I'm going to fix this. Right. I'm going to, I know that I tricked her, you know, and there's, oh. he, yeah. he's the king of trickery, but he said, I'm going to, I'm going to fix this and I'm, I'm going to repay you for your sacrifice every day. Right. Which so. I thought was fantastic here. He admits, you know, that his deceit with Belle and I actually thought she was going to overhear it and just lambast him, Yeah, but she did not, at least as far as we know. And, he he basically told Neil Bay that he loved him without actually kind of saying it. And, you know, I think he was confessing his feelings of maybe guilt for sure. for letting things happen the way they did. Who knows? I was very proud of him for that. I thought it was a very, yeah. very noble thing for him to do. So I love the next... Robin and Regina scene talking speaking Robin noble yes came over and apologized and Regina basically said what are you apologizing for I'm a monster I, I just want to stop right now and say monster was something that we kept hearing over and over and over and over again yeah the Elsa thought of herself as a monster sure there was the evil snow monster he created the evil snow monster the yeah. regina called herself a monster so uh, th- there's Marianne these called her a monster right and and so there's these kind of recurring words mm-hmm. and what one of the moments i always love is when you have someone talking to someone else and they connect with them when robin said you're not a monster you're just like me and then the conversation took a turn and it was a turn of two people who understood each other because regina obviously is going through a tough time felt again totally lost because she had been trying to be good Mm -hmm. and then Emma, trying to be good, brought Marion back, and then ruined her happy ending. We'll we'll right. talk more about that a little later. 
But Robin said, I'm just like you. Basically, I was a monster, too. I did a lot of things I felt bad for. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've spent years trying to fix it. Sure. And, but he says, I have a code. And if you remember, Hook said the same thing. Right. I have a code. So even though we view people as a robber, Robin Hood, or a pirate, or whatever, there's still this code that they live by. And Robin said, you know, what I felt for you was and is real. Absolutely. The, the feelings I have for you are real. And you could see the smile come on her face. Mm-hmm. And then he says, but I, have, I made a vow exactly. to my wife. Till death do us part. He said it did. And then it didn't. Right. When she came back. Right. And, you know, that's what's really interesting. I, I love Once Upon a Time taking these characters from these books and putting them into real life. But then... What I love about the spin of this show is in then in real life, you have these storybook antics that bring people back from the dead, basically, and come back into someone's life. Mm -hmm. And so it Robin was having a tough day. I mean, seriously. And this is exactly why I believe he's not in love with Marion. Okay. I think he, he because she was dead. Right. I think because he did know that she was dead. I think he he got over it. He let her go. Problem right. is, is when she came back to life unexpectedly, and he's already given his heart basically to Regina. Problem is, is he had given his heart to Marion. And I don't know that he, I mean, he, he got it back. I'm pretty sure he got it back. And I don't mean physically. I don't mean literally. Right. I'm, you know, because with the show, in some cases, that's the truth. But I think that he felt love for Marion. I think he, you know, made peace with that when she died. And then when he met Regina and fell in love with Regina, now Regina's got his heart. Problem is, is that his heart originally belonged to Marion. So because of that code of right. honor, he has to honor that vow. And that's the problem. He didn't tell Regina he didn't love her anymore. He didn't tell Regina he even loved Marion. He just simply said, I made a vow right. and I need to stick to that. The The interesting thing is this. I remember season one when David Nolan was in love with snow. Uh-huh. And then it came out that he was also he was married to Catherine. And then this kind of it was the same pretty much situation sure. that happened. Sure. Catherine kind of came out of nowhere. Regina basically produced her right into the mix. Mm-hmm. Then it really got difficult. I remember, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I remember people you know just mad. Mm-hmm. At Josh Dallas and his characters, like, right. what are you doing? Right, you're 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 married. You shouldn't be hanging around, going on picnics and stuff with Snow White, around right. having an affair, text messaging her around this and that. And we see the same thing in this case. It's different though. Right, is Robin said I made a vow. Right, and people still aren't going to like that. But no. but. But it, it's the honorable thing. Right. And again, so. doesn't mean he's still in love with Marion. I know he cares for her, but doesn't mean he's still in love with her. Yeah. He's concerned about her well-being, but 
I think he's really in love with Regina. And I think the problem is, is that it's going to torment him. At some point in time, he's going to be around her or see her, and it's going to torment him. Sydney returns. Poor Sydney. But wait, wait, wait. Regina crying, that was just so sad. Yes. So sad. It Mm -hmm. was so hard to watch because on the one hand, you know she understands that he's being honorable, and that's probably why she maybe why she loves him so much. I don't know. But on the flip side, you could see her when she got mad. Whoo, that look on her face. I, I'm not trying to stir up a hornet's nest, but, but I am, I am going to say this. There's probably a lot of people that say he should just ditch Marion. He loves Regina. Sure. But seriously, would women want that kind of a guy? No. I mean, no. on the one hand, right, for a television show, it's just, yeah, just choose her and, yeah. It's fine. But, I mean, seriously, there is something about nobility. If David would have made the noble choice back in season one, it would have been a very different kind of a thing. But but it was... Anyhow, it's just... The events would have been different. The outcome might have still been the same. There's something to be said about being noble and making the right noble choice right so and i still hold to what i predicted last season which was at the end of last season i predicted at some point in time marion's gonna die something's gonna happen to her right and it'll still be a really tough road for him and regina but right. i believe and it won't be at at regina's hand mm-hmm. that's too easy right well and she even alluded that Absolutely. too is like if i did it the, everyone would know it was me if sydney did it eventually. Are you kidding? i mean yeah right so yeah that whole, that was interesting. But yeah, when I saw her break the mirror, I immediately mm-hmm. knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And then when she went to the hospital and punched in the code for the secret door, and I'm like, ah, she's going to get Sydney. Yep. I, I, I enjoy that. I mean, we knew it was coming. Poor Sydney been in there for a long time. Mm-hmm. He grew a beard and everything. Yeah, he this did. Guy. Yeah, he did. And so... That was one of the things that he asked her. He said, so this is why you've had me waiting for this plan, that yeah. you that you came to me for this. Yeah. And he thought he was going to have freedom and possibly m- cause her to love him. Right. He's a- again, we're, we're t- see, all Unrequited these, love. Right. Uh-huh. And, and this is another situation. Right. What if people really wanted... Sydney and Regina to be together. Yeah. You see, it's just there, there, there's so many levels here. But she hatched a plan mm-hmm. to destroy Marion, mm-hmm. and he said, "Well, I can't do anything because I'm not a mayor." And he sent her, sent, she sent, sent him, Sydney, into the mirror. Yeah, she sent him. Into and him. so now you are. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I don't think we'll see much of Giancarlo Esposito much. But well, I sure think we'll will. see his face. Well, yeah. Because she said temporarily, again, but I don't temporary. know how temporarily right. well, we'll is, is going to last. Yeah, we'll see. So We'll see. Okay, so back to the scene after she goes in Spring Sydney. Right. Then we have Belle deciding to borrow a house. Well, what did that sound like to you? I, when I thought about it, it reminded me of a... A fairy tale or a story that I heard when I was a kid. Um, I can't think. It was Goldilocks. Oh, oh, right. When she happened upon 
the house of the three bears. Yeah. And the porridge was there. Well, actually, technically Snow White, too. Snow White as well. Yeah. So we've seen this before. And she said, Belle said she was out on a hike and she came upon this mansion and something about it wasn't claimed after the. Right. After the curse was broken. And so she felt pretty good about using it for a honeymoon little chateau. Right. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool. It was a beautiful house. Absolutely gorgeous. And for once, maybe not for once, but very few, one of few times, Rumple used magic to do the right thing. Yeah, he did. But before he did that, I love when Belle walked in. I wonder who owns this. It's the same question we all have. Who owns this house? Right. I mean, it's a pretty good sized mansion mm-hmm. and it's pretty much a rival to Rumple's. True. So, who owns that place? Yes. That's what I would like to know. And then, um, did you notice when he froze her temporarily? Just like Zelina did. Hmm. When Zelina was in the shop, right. picking out the right That's true. baby gift, yeah. quote unquote. Right. Well, really going and stealing whatever was in the vault there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, then we have... A really fun, romantic... Wait, the, okay. the box. Yes, yes. So the, the, the thing on the table that mm-hmm. Rumple noticed, it looked like a gold barrel right? that had diamond rivets. Yes. And stars inside of it. Right. So you kind of wonder, what the heck is that? I'm it, racking my brain going, barrel, gold barrel with stars. I Nothing's popping into my head, so... We'll see how that it, pans. It also we, we sort of looked like there was a keyhole on one of the little parts. Anyway, so yeah, maybe, possibly. But point is, is we see later what it. Yeah, what the it stars does. basically connect for sure. Absolutely, they do. But yeah, I know what it. I know what it is. It's the uh, the. What do you carry? The the bucket. Yeah, look like a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. It looked like a bucket from Source's Apprentice. Apprentice, right. Which becomes, and then we see as he shows later, it's the hat. Right. Sid's hat. So. Now, that's not the first time we've seen a hat like that. No, right. We, we've seen it before, I believe it was in season one. Yes. In his in estate. In his estate, yeah. Where he collected things. But it may have been a different Possibly. Hat. Possibly. Because let's, the other one looked more like Merlin's hat. This one looks more right. like Yen Sid's hat. Yes. So we'll see what happens with that. For sure. But the magic that he, after he switched the, mm-hmm. the dagger, yes. which I thought was pretty cool that he did that. So he kept his promise to Bay. He was going to make good and do the right thing. He switched the dagger. And then he takes her into the library or ballroom where she takes him in there. Either way. And then he... Snaps his fingers, and the music plays. Yeah. After he tells her, "We've been married for a day, and we haven't had almost a day, and you haven't had our first dance." He puts the music on. He snaps his fingers and changes her clothes. Snaps his finger and, and and did it remind you of anything? Well, Fonzie for one. Okay. Yeah. No, I wasn't going Fonzie. Okay. I was going Mary Poppins. Oh. When Mary Poppins All was right. teaching the children to put their clothes away and to straighten up the mm-hmm. room, she mm-hmm. snapped. Yep. 
everything is easier. It's, you know, work become, when you make it fun, it's a snap. And they, it was the exact same snap used in Mary Poppins. It was really fun. He, there's many, many ladies and probably gentlemen too, but you especially love Robert Carlyle. Oh, dude. And he was at his smoothest smooth. Yes, he was. Snapping fingers. The lights come on. The yep. music starts playing. The yep. clothes change. Yep. We haven't had our first dance. We've been married a day. We haven't even had our first dance yet. Right. Boom. I mean, that's like high romantic. And they're doing it in basically a stolen mansion. Right. <laughs> I mean, so you're talking about sneaky sneak, having right. all this. So... Yeah. No, it was very very cool, and I love that he put them in the traditional Beauty and the Beast costumes from yep. the from yep. the animated feature, as well as the music playing on the old phonograph was the Beauty and the Beast love theme, basically. Yes. So that was very sweet. So the she said you can see ocean from every room, which means it's high on a hill. Yeah. Sort of ties in with the frozen trip that oh, yeah, a little took bit, yeah, a little bit. So then, charming later says, "Should we have gone with Balefire as a name for Neil, for the, baby. the little baby?" Yeah, no. and I wonder if that was fan service because you know fans are like, "You should have called him Balefire," oh, maybe, and so maybe they go, "Wow, well, let's just." Yeah, nobody seemed to jump at that. Went back and forth, you know, this yeah. and that. So we, we see the Charmings walking down the street, the whole Charming family. Adorable, adorable. And then Henry starts talking to Emma about the whole, you know, trying to, Emma's trying to get a hold of Regina. Regina doesn't want to talk to her. Henry had it right. Regina does not want to hear from Emma. Right. And rightfully so. She's pretty mad at her. So let's skip ahead to the discussion that uh, Hook and Emma have. Well, wait, wait, wait. Before we do that, though, that whole thing of Emma and Snow having the conversation and talking about Henry, you know, adjusting, and then Hook, Hook walks up, right? And Emma, but before that, she, you know, Snow is like, so wait, you're still Henry doesn't know about Hook. Emma still is not sure about Hook, right? Seriously, seriously, yeah. right? How how does I'm going to have a... I know. How does she not know? She doesn't want him. I'll take him. No, listen. Listen to me. (laughs) Females sometimes have difficulty making decisions. Jeez Louise. And they're kind of unsure here and there. Right? Yeah. But, okay. There's no reason why she wouldn't be sure at this point. I'm not going to even go there. So then she asks Snow to leave, which reminded me of season one. Where Snow took herself out of the immediate vicinity when right. Emma she was trying to said, talk to. I'm going to jump in the bath. Yeah, or I'm going to go. When, when Gold came here. in the yeah, door, yeah. yeah, right. That was a very nice little throwback. And then Hook and Emma have a conversation. But I I love how Hook Hook tried many times. You watch season three, especially the Neverland arc. Mm-hmm. Hook tries to help Emma. All these different turns. I know there's some people that really take Hook to task a lot about a lot of different things. But especially here, you know, he's saying, you know, 
she says, look, I'm taking care of stuff. There's a crisis. And he said, there's always a crisis. Right. You need to stop and live life. Because if you just keep going from crisis to crisis to crisis, you're going to miss your whole life. Right. You know, that's like real life. Right. If all you're doing is living in these high drama moments in life of always getting freaked out and always this and always that, you're going to miss the points in between because you're just jumping to the next, right. you know, crisis. And that's just, that's which, good advice. Which eventually you will fall. Right? right? At some point in time, you're going to fall because the crises are too fast, too furious. What does that remind you of? Right. Anna and Elsa in the in the ballroom at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. they're playing and Anna's jumping too fast from right. hill to hill. And Elsa gets too overwhelmed with it. So I think Hook had a, had a point and, and, and understood that eventually you're going to fall slip and fall and something not good is going to happen if you don't if you don't just kind of relax there's nothing wrong with strong females no and this show is full of strong female roles but you know it's nice every once in a while and we've talked about certain male characters in the show saying not too smart things right but you know hook actually was trying to bring some clarity to her say look man you you need to live life don't let it pass you by. He's the sage now. Yeah. He's the Yoda. He he he's he is Yoda. the August. Yeah. So. He's her Yoda. So then right. they round the corner and what do they see? A troll statue. A troll statue. That now, has miraculously appeared because we've never seen that troll statue. Right. Before. Actually, that spot is where Rumple or Gold shrank Smee down to a rat right. size. Season 2. Right, right around the corner from the rabbit hole doorway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Right in front of it. And that's right. exactly where they were. Now, it's not a, not a troll, but we've seen a garden gnome yeah. that was uh, part of season one. Sure, right. So, in Regina's so then, front yard. Yeah, so they're discussing the whole crisis thing. Right. And Grumpy comes around the corner. We're under attack. We're under the town crier once again for all the bad events. You can count on Grumpy. Grumpy and Sleepy come running around the corner. Blah, blah, blah. Panic, panic. Yes. And of course, Hook kind of closes his eyes going, oh my God, so frustrated with yet another crisis. Right. So, and then, and then what happens? The two of them run off after they see the trail of ice. And... And chase Elsa. They, they call they, they call Elsa a monster, right? Because of freezing the van, right? And the we see Emma the cop return, right? And she very quickly says, you know, well, where where is El, where is this ice magical person? She goes, well, it probably made that yeah. through that doorway, and so they follow. Well, because Grumpy did ask who who has that kind of magic. Right. Turn it into an icebox. Who mm-hmm. can, who has that kind of magic? And then El, that's when Emma saw the trail and goes, probably the same person that did this. So, so we we go into that section and we see Elsa stuck back in the corner, and so she feels threatened, and so she creates right. marshmallow. Right. Again, the these. fear takes over. Right. And she creates marshmallow. Right. Which looked exactly like the marshmallow from the movie. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of want to skip through some things and so we can kind of move along. 
is the rock trolls definitely CG. Before we do that, really quickly, I want to point out one little teeny tiny thing. So Emma and Hook start to see the flurry building where Elsa's building marshmallow. Right. Problem is, Emma looked up. Yeah. yeah. A little too soon. Yeah. But anyway. So marshmallow, I think, was great CG. Yeah. I mean, we're used to well seeing done. marshmallow. We're used to seeing rock trolls. We're used to seeing sure. these things in a cartoon fashion. Right. And so I think they did pretty well. I'm wondering if they it. if they got the animators to either do that for them, the animators from the movie to actually do that for them, or if they were able to kind of collaborate with them and teach them how to how you know the CGI artists that we use here on Once Upon a Time how to do that because that was really well done. Very well done. So John Rhys Davies did the voice of mm-hmm. Grandpappy. Who yeah. he was Sala I it's in John Rice Davies, but anyway. that that name. So anyway, he was Sala in Indiana Jones. He was also in the Lord of the Rings films as well. He was actually also in Prince's Diaries too. Prince's Diaries, the first yes. uh, second one. In Shogun just. Yeah, he was going. in a lot of them. Yeah, yep. he's he's a he's a pretty awesome actor. He is great indeed. voice, great voice, and so. They went to the Rock Trolls. Anna mm-hmm. took Elsa there to find out her future in-laws. Yes, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. And to find out why her parents left and went, because after they read in the diary, Elsa basically jumped to this huge conclusion and said, right. it's my, "I'm the reason why they died, and I'm the it's my fault. Oh, it's yeah. my fault, and all this." And so Grandpappy said, I don't know why they left, but I'll tell you where they went. They went to Mist Haven. Right. And so we don't know where Mist Haven is until the end. So we'll we'll get there. But also it was um, Hans was mentioned. Right. Because Anna said, you know, you need to come with me to Mist Haven. So we'll we'll figure out what happened here and why they were going there, who my parents wanted to meet because they were going to meet someone. It would, right. One would assume, and so Elsa said no because Hans and his twelve brothers are just waiting to pounce if I ever leave. Right. The the the, the town, the kingdom, kingdom of Arendelle. My question here at this point in time, because we're seeing this, Elsa is just. So incredibly fearful. Mm-hmm. She's, I mean, she's sitting in the corner. The, you know, Marshmallow's gone. He's chasing after Emma and Hook and then running into the hills. She is still extremely, extremely fearful. I mean, she's like free. Her hands are freezing. She's just, she's panicking. Why? Why is she still so afraid? Mm-hmm. I really want to know because at the end of the movie, she totally conquered the fear. Right. Why is it now getting the better of her? But I, I think it was a dramatic decision i agree but to, there's got to be something roll back the character in the film and say we want to start three quarters of the way in yeah, we don't want to start at the end yeah, maybe. because th- then everything's fine we need some more dramatic emotional points to kind of finish out once upon a time or maybe the assumption is that just like anybody when old habits die hard regina and elsa have an awful lot in common right and not just little things that they've shown, because, I mean, they've shown some stuff that's very mimicky 
of you know Regina mimicking stuff that happened with Elsa and what have you. But maybe their whole point is is that old habits die hard, and that's why even though she did, she managed to conquer it in two years' time, everything's hunky dory until she starts you know little things. There's got to be some trigger point that puts this fear back in her. So that's that's right. my whole thing. So I hope we see what's going on with that. We gotta we gotta put this thing into overdrive. So the marshmallow destroying the town and tearing off it, the electrical wires, reminded me exactly of Tiny. Mm -hmm. We've seen that before. We've also seen this type of thing that freaked Grumpy out with the Wraith. Right. So we've seen these type of town destruction things before. Sure. Sure. Sure we have. Now, Elsa seeing the snowflake... Mm-hmm. necklace in the paper when yes. the paper blows around yeah. is what prompts her to either go find Mr. Gold or find his shop or so, I don't know if she realizes he has a shop but she needs to find Mr. Gold so she knows he's got the necklace somehow um, and that's how uh, that's going to go that was now, in the picture of the wedding announcement which I yes. thought was kind of fun I wonder if she assumes that Gold killed Anna or knows where Anna was. Possibly. Possibly. Because if that snowflake pendant is there. Right. And Anna's not there. Right. There's, there's only a few other things you can assume. Right. Right. How did you get it? And where's my sister? Right. So. Next. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, next thing we see is Regina telling Sydney what she wants. And then he, of course, we kind of mentioned this earlier. He's under the impression that Regina is going to, you know, fall in love with him. And she's like, right. And that's when she uh, throws him into the mirror at that point. I wonder if Sydney is trying to. Ch- because Regina asked to see certain things. And I wonder if Sydney is trying to connive her a bit because what he showed her is in the end of that scene when it was the evil queen and marion mm-hmm. and maybe it was the only one that they ever had right but she goes at the end i want your head on a spike right not not a very nice thing to say no, but to that, anybody that's very likely but, what she said right but what i'm saying is that almost i that probably snapped her out of her her thought process because she said, okay, I can't kill her. Right. But maybe you can do something that won't come back to me No, no, somehow. no. I need your help. To, that's, right. that's the whole point. She wanted to see how she met her mm-hmm. because she couldn't remember. That's the only right. reason she needed Sydney. Because Sydney's the only one who could do that for her. She couldn't do it. So it was, and, and that's when he said, oh, great. You want me to kill her? Awesome. How do you want me to do it? And right. she says, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. It's going to come back on me. So there's no way. You, we're not going to kill her. we just got to come up with a better, more elegant solution. So I need to figure out how did I meet her, and then I can go from there. And that's where I think you know she was going to go back in time. So she's like, oh, great. Time travel. We can do that. So anyway. I, I love Sven. Sven was very cute. It was. They didn't overdo it, I don't think. No, they didn't. Right before this, though, just real quick, is Anna or Elsa's hiding in the in the alleyway between the shops, right. and she peeks around after she sees or hears Grumpy yell "monster," right. and of course, then you know she takes that personally because that's where she's at, and then that's when she sees Mister Gold Shop. So, mm-hmm. and then now we see her, the flashback finding, trying to find Anna. So she goes and asks Sven, right? <laughs> which I think is hilarious. It was very cute. They didn't make him, you know, they didn't make him talk or anything like that, which is good. And 
Kristoff didn't talk for him, which was kind of right. funny. And I was surprised they didn't do that. But but Kristoff was funny, and you know, he was very funny talking about frosting, and it was just oh, yeah, you know, little yeah. little jokes here and there. Yeah, his that and that was very funny because yeah, of course frosting. There's no frosting. Well, sure, there's not. That's so, why she's going to go get it. Yeah, he, <laughs> it was, it was he bought funny. time for Anna to leave. Yep, exactly. And there was a nice comment: is she said, "Well, why didn't you go with her?" And she and he said because she didn't want you to be alone. Yeah, she said I was needed here it was more. Very, it was, very, it was very nice, uh, a very very nice exchange. It was okay. We see Emma's magic being used on Marshmallow. Well, we see the gang in the woods, right? But my question is, Marion's there, Robin's there, Little John's there. Mm-hmm. Emma and Hook show up, right? Where the heck was Little Roland? Who's babysitting Roland? I don't know. He's yeah. probably in a... With the other merry men, maybe? Possibly. Whatever. So, yeah. So... All right. Emma saying, really? She's, yes. That's her catchphrase. She did her catchphrase at least once this episode. So, I want to talk about Regina. Now, again, Henry was concerned, and I think many people were concerned. We don't want Regina to be evil. Right. Even though there's probably more than... A few people that want Regina to go back and be the evil, powerful queen. Right. And so she did have the opportunity. Oh, yeah. She saw Marshmallow coming toward Marion. This is so funny if you don't know this show. I know. If you don't know anything about Frozen. It sounds crazy. Anyway. I know. But but she disappears, and then Marion thought she was a goner. Right. But then Regina used, we can assume, dark magic to destroy marshmallow and save marion's life and i thought it was so poignant because people running up like whoa 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 wait a minute you know marion's on the ground regina's over there we've got to stop this and all regina said is marion welcome to storybrook yeah and left and left and uh, emma was trying to say whoa whoa hey we were trying to call you and and Regina's like, Regina, drop the mic, I'm out. I, I don't want to talk to you right Regina now. Regina had so, the opportunity right. to let Marshmallow kill Marion and disappear herself. And nobody would have known anything. Mm-hmm. Nobody would have had a clue what happened. Yeah. Right? She took the high road. She took the noble road. And she was the better person for it. I love the mirroring... Pardon the pun mm-hmm. of the frozen. Do you want to build a snowman scene? Oh yeah, with Anna and Elsa between Emma and Regina, and you know if you listen, if you're a Frozen fan and you've never watched Once Upon a Time, I think they did a fantastic job uh-huh. of giving you these callbacks, right? So that when you watch it, you go. Oh, it reminds me of whatever. I think they did a fantastic job yeah. of really connecting Frozen fans to mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time. Yeah. And then then the the new watchers of Once Upon a Time have this great opportunity to discover who Emma is. Right. Who Gold is. Who Belle is. Who are all these other people. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I thought it was a nice scene between the two. It was. When Emma said... Everybody gets a happy ending, including you. And that the hero, Mm -hmm. the savior, Mm -hmm. finds her final, quote unquote, heroic act. 
Yeah. Is to get Regina a happy ending. Yeah. And so that's, to me, a great story arc. Yeah. You know, we, we've seen a lot of really beginnings of great story arcs, Rumpelstiltskin, and how he's going to handle giving up power, and Elsa finding Anna, and then Emma getting Regina a happy ending. Mm-hmm. And Regina's wrestling. She's yeah. wrestling back and forth. So Well, I, I before. We, you skipped a little bit, just real quick, was Emma and Hook, that mm-hmm. conversation. You know, here Emma earlier was pushing him away a little bit. Now right. she's saying, look, why don't we go home and see what's on Netflix? He's like, yeah, I don't know what that is, but it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought, again, what, more Hook reference of not knowing what in the documentary of Hoover Dam. Let's go, let's yeah, go watch no, that. But that whole, that whole scene between the two of them, you know, she's kind of warming up, but she's basically saying... Look, just be patient. Be patient. Mm-hmm. It'll, you know, it'll happen. So I'm kind of cool with that, but I still want to smack her for taking her sweet time with him. True. Anyway, so, so then Regina gets up and decides that she knows how to fix things. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that she's like, mirror, mirror, Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> he clearly doesn't remember his uh, original name, which is funny. And then she says, I know what we're going to do. We have to change the book. We've got to find the writer of the book and force them to change it. Because you know what? Villains don't get happy endings. Guess what? All the villains are going to get their happy endings. What my question is, is what is that going to mean for the good guys? Right. Because well, if the villain's happy ending mm-hmm. is for the good guys to die, that's not going to be good for everybody. Well... And another thing, too, is she really disregarded exactly what Emma said. Yeah. It's like, I don't care. She's she's hurting, though. She's hurting. And, and part of that is is that, you know, again, Emma comes to town. Henry basically mm-hmm. gravitates towards his real birth mother. He She breaks the curse, and everybody is against her. Then she ends up saving the day, and most people are still against her. So I mean, she she and and then Emma does a good deed and destroys her happiness, which she had just started to find. So I mean, I kind of get why she's still kind of pissed at her. It's like, dude, every time you help me, it doesn't do me any good. Right. So I don't need your help. So I can understand why she's reluctant to listen and pay attention to what Emma says. So let's let's talk about this book here for a second. When we are introduced to the book. Mary Margaret, back in season one, said, this book is hope. Yeah, represents hope. And hope is a powerful thing. Yeah. But to Regina, she calls it a cursed tome. Yeah, yeah. So to a good guy, to a hero, it's hope. Right. But to a villain, it's cursed. Right. So very particular language. Yeah. So, evil isn't born, it's made. Right. What about good? Hmm. Can you make somebody good? Well... Just like you can make somebody evil? In that little pre-thing and other discussions that Adam and Eddie had on the season three Blu-ray, is that evil and hero heroic people are based on choices. So... Yeah. Okay. It's the choices that it's you choices. make. It's choices. 
And so, but choices you make. Right. So you can make somebody evil or you can make somebody good. So that's, that's interesting. So I call the hat that we saw, it's, it's either Merlin's hat or it's Yen Sid's hat. It looks more like Yen Sid, but what it looked like to me was it, it was a rendering of a galaxy. Right. Inside the hat. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very pretty. It was very interesting. But here, how did Rumpel get the hat to appear? He couldn't last one full day without the dagger in his possession. Right, I know. While Belle is asleep after yeah. a fun little night, he goes, gets the dagger, and uses after he gave it to her, he can't let it go. I know. He he uses it to see what what's inside the you know, the little golden barrel. Right. Or bucket, whatever you want to call it. And that's when we, we see the hat. So, so I'm a little disappointed with him. Yep. Yeah. So we've got to bring this, uh, we've got to land this thing, bring it in for a landing. Two more points. Two more big points. Well, I just want to say this, too, is that, so we talked about Anna leaving Kristoff to take care of Elsa. Right. And Kristoff said, you know, I believe in you. Right. Which is a powerful statement unto sure. itself. Sure. And I don't know that Elsa believes in Elsa. In some cases, I would agree with you. I think she's lost that. And again, two years have passed since the end of the movie. And so what happened in those two years? I I can't wait to see what happened. And if you're going to pick somebody to really stand up for Elsa, it probably wouldn't be Kristoff. Because Elsa didn't have two two minutes to to really stand up for Kristoff. (laughs) She goes, no, I'm... Uh well, pretty uh, much she's worried about what he's going to wear to the wedding because she's afraid he's going to be a smelly, and yeah, all that, right. be a smelly reindeer man. Um, she freezes a lock on uh, Gold's shop yep. door yep. and breaks in, very much like Cinderella did, or Ashley, when she was stealing the you know birth contract. And then um, she gets the snowflake necklace. Mm-hmm. So that's that. And then and, we see the flashback. Right. And that's Anna leaving... On the ship, and that's when we learn the name of what we learn that the Enchanted Forest, which is what we know it as, has a name, Misthaven. Right. Yep. So, I'm wondering. My speculation is that Anna is on her way to, uh, not Anna. Their parents were on their way to the Enchanted Forest to meet with Rumpelstiltskin to see if he could take away Elsa's power. So that Elsa would not, because they were terrified of Elsa's power. Right, right. So that being the case, I'm wondering if they had heard of Rumpel and assumed that he would be able to help out with that. I'll give you one better. I think it's Merlin. I think it's the incident. Oh, and that's possible. And I, and I think that's the tie-in together. That's possible. Because it just makes more sense to me. Sure. Look. Sure. Nothing against Rumpelstiltskin. No. He's very powerful and all right. that. But I think... They wanted to kind of move the focus away and try to bring in another character, and right. that's a possibility. You know, what? I I I can jump on board with that. It's one of the two, right? I I would be willing to bet because yeah. it's definitely not the evil queen. No, I don't think it's Maleficent. Although Maleficent is pretty powerful too, uh, but I don't it's think so. Too early yet. It's way so, too early for Maleficent. So the 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 last thing I want to say about this episode is uh, Elsa. When she grabbed the pendant, she said, don't worry, Anna, I will find you, yeah. which is very much very like charming, charming and, and uh, snow. snow. So that is that was their yeah. 
their famous phrase. Yep. So that is our first thoughts. First thoughts about a, a of tale of two sisters. Yeah. So I want to wind up and talk about a few things here. Is that we mentioned that Dave and Buster's in Orange, California, was putting on a once upon a time season four premiere mm-hmm. party. Right. At the location at Orange, at the outlets in Orange, California. And it was a huge success. And yeah. so if you attended because we mentioned something. Let us know. Thank you. so. Let us know. But thank you so yeah. much for going. Yeah. Uh, Maria was just jumping out of her skin. So happy. That That's so awesome. 93 people, she said, attended, which is just Tremendous. Yeah. And I saw pictures. It was so sweet. There were families and all kinds oh, of different great. folks. It was really neat. Just so neat. We donated uh, some prizes and, and different things. And so uh, coming up soon, we'll have a chance to uh, sit down with her and just yeah. she'll tell stories. And they had, <laughs> they had a, a big moon backdrop with Welcome to Storybrooke so people could take pictures. There was cosplay going on. And so she said, yeah, let's start. Let's start putting together a finale. That's great uh, for yeah. the finale of the series, and so the we'll, season finale, the season finale. So we'll start talking to her about that, and we will let yeah. you know as things progress. So uh, yes, really fast. I know this is kind of going on long, but we were on a cruise, mm-hmm. and during the cruise, the tale of two sisters was. <coughs> excuse me was aired and so i had to ipad <laughs> video it off the television yeah and so that's how the first time we saw it because uh it was a business trip on the cruise yeah. don't laugh it's true <laughs> and during the showing because it was an east coast feed we were actually at a business event so one of the get together so we had to videotape it off the television and run back and shut it off and then watch it. But during the time we were on the cruise, um, unfortunately, Lady has had a number of uh, seizure events. And we got a call as we were leaving on Friday mm-hmm. that Lady had a seizure. So uh, she's fine now. Yeah. It, it seems like after these events, she just kind of bounces back and all that. Yeah. So. Anyhow, I know some of you, you know, mentioned you know, Lady and how she's doing and all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to bring you up to speed. All right. So this is our first thoughts. And I want to thank everyone for listening, whoever you are, however you found us. And especially if you found us after the Dave and Buster's premiere party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Please email and let us know. We're going to be giving you all the information. And... So our feedback, what we'd like to do is if you have theories about the hat, theories about what's going on with Anna and Elsa, Robin and Regina, Robin and Regina, anything about this episode, Mm -hmm. we would like that. I'm really going to try and kind of focus the feedback. So uh, we'll, we will questions about anything or theories is what we kind of want to look for right so we, we're going to really start to kind of focus up so we can have a more a more focused main show so if you send in your email it may mm-hmm. be read 
And if you leave a voicemail, it may be played on mm-hmm. the next show. So I want to send big love out to everybody. And if you don't know what we're talking about, big love is so big that you cannot keep it all to yourself. Mm-hmm. So pass it on. So we're saying it on to you. So take what you need and pass it on to somebody else. Take care, guys. And we're a tweet away. And you can listen to the uh, information here and get in touch with us this way. So we will be talking at you very soon. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Rony Zone Media Production. Please contact or connect with us. You may hear your comments on an upcoming episode. We're on Twitter at OUAT Podcast, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OUAT Podcast, or leave a comment at the show notes. Contact us via email at feedback at once upon a time podcast.com or leave a voicemail at 657 333-0626. Until next time, spread a little big love around. Rumpelstiltskin was voiced by Brad Pogress, and Teddy was voiced by me, the voice of Steve. You can check out my podcast, The Voice of Steve Podcast, free on iTunes. Say hi at Facebook.com slash Voice of Steve, or see what I'm doing over on Twitter, at The VOS Show. Check out everything I do, from the podcast to voiceovers. I even have a blog sometimes at thevoiceofsteve.com. Hope to see you around, and thanks again for listening to the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast.